Hi, everybody. This is Dan Sullivan, and I'm here with Mike Koenix. And, uh, you know, we we call the this podcast series the Capability Amplifier. But I'll tell you, uh, you're in for a treat here because this is amplifying amplification, this one. So uh, tell us about your exploration, not just of a particular AI enhancer and accelerator right now, Mike, but I would like you to talk about just what you yourself are going through now as you use tool after tool after tool and then start putting the tools together and what they do for the productivity of yourself, your team, your clients and everything. This is, uh, this is, this is worth watching through three or four times. Thanks, Dan. Well, um, first of all, we started out and just talked about how quickly this is mainstreaming and tied it back into some of the big ideas from your latest book. And you call them your capitalism's five measurements or the five P's, which are pricing, the AI technology that we're talking about and we'll get into today can increase your pricing very quickly um, and shift the way you price. The next is it creates an incredible volume of IP. Dan is all about property, all about intellectual property and protecting it. Um, not only can you create property faster, you can protect it easier with this. And then um, we talk about some specific ways to become more productive in increasing that, which ultimately means you're going to be more profitable and that leads to more prosperity. So I see this as a huge, huge multiplier, as Dan said, that um, once you dip your toe in the water, something happens inside your brain. It's like there's been this film on, on your eyes and you peel it away and you're like, holy cow, I see a brighter, better, more prosperous future, not just for me, but everyone else I connect with. That'd be what I'd say, Dan. Let's go for it. All right, well, here's another episode of Capability Amplifier. Hope you enjoy it. We're talking about predictions for 2023. I said, Dan, why don't we talk about everything that's going on that enhances teamwork, um, productivity, profitability, uh, with the good old theme of good old-fashioned capitalism. And of course, we've done a couple episodes already talking about AI in the past, but this one, I really wanted to zoom in and give you some real-life case studies of some ways we've been using it. And um, I've dug into a ton of tools. I have a couple of great directories and guides that I'll share very soon. We're going to actually have a big PDF, just chock full of tools we've tested. And I think the big statement I can say right up front is I've seen a 3x and in some cases a 10x productivity increase just inside our business alone. And you got to look at it. This is within a month. And... Um, I just read today that um, Microsoft is actually incorporating ChatGPT, which they invested a billion dollars in OpenAI, by the way. Um, they're building it into their Bing search engine. And I'll also give you a couple predictions on what I see happening in the world of search. Yeah. Um, why what's happening here is going to profoundly, profoundly affect 
everything we do, and as, I, as I'm speaking to you in Mexico right now, we no longer live in a time where you can throw human bodies at a problem and solve problems and do it profitably. Um, that mindset will be dead much faster than I think most people realize. Well, that, that goes out with the Ukraine-Russian war. Hmm. Yeah. Because a Russian way of war is you throw bodies and you have more bodies to throw than the other side does. But um, uh, that uh, theory, which has worked in the past, has proven false because Putin asked for a ceasefire today. Yes. So yep. just about three hours ago, he, he ordered a 36-hour ceasefire for all the Russian troops. And... Um, and um, so the whole notion of throwing bodies at anything, okay, um, doesn't work. And that's treating human beings as bodies. Yes. And, and that's, um, and, and, you know, when you think about traditional manufacturing, and I, and I was watching this little video the other day of an Indian manufacturing facility where they're making oil filters. And uh, they start out by stamping up, um, basically cutting out squares and then they get stamped and then extended. And they basically have a whole bunch of humans on these assembly lines, um, which, you know, they were using machines, but still it's like they're, it's one guy is one step away from losing his hand at any given times. Uh, and, and there's like, you know, and I don't know how many, how long the work day is for them, but let's say it's probably 10, 12 hours. Um, you know, there's probably 5,000 opportunities to lose your whole hand. Um, so that's a little scary. So anyway, um, here's what popped up for me. And I thought I can deconstruct this, but I had a couple ideas for um, businesses. And I'll show you how we're designing right now a show that I'm using ChatGPT and AI tools to construct the entire thing. And part of what I'm going to do is demonstrate creating a business from scratch that literally can happen inside of a day. Okay. In our case, we created a, did about three weeks worth of work in three hours a couple of weeks ago. And we started using the latest generation of some tools, but now we're shortcutting that because we've broken it down into systems and processes. That's good. So, any questions before I open up and just kind of walk through? No, I walk it through. And the, the, um, on previous, um, of our podcast, we've walked through your three-day process where someone with a idea that's just in their head um, engages your company and they commit to spending three days uh, with being wrapped around with your team of really, really smart, skilled humans. And you've had that, and now you're adding an AI component to the human skills, so you're um, you're using AI to enhance the creativity of the humans uh, without using too much of their bodily time. <laughs> right. Yeah. What that that led us to is, I think there's an opportunity to add a fourth day where we'll have we'll already have, and I have a I have a client, the guy that we helped, and we created a whole new brand. So think of it a brand within his company. And he was so blown away because we did it all with him in real time. We started doing all the creative writing copy, um, 
building the website and all this in three hours. And he was his his he literally had his mouth open. And ever since then, it's been about two weeks now, he's been texting me daily because he's immersing his entire organization into using the tools as well. And they're using it now to write um, legal documents, just shortcutting um, what normally takes, um, you know, if you think about it, and maybe I'll, I'll break this down into the, the roles I see. So if there's five core roles that we have in using these tools, one of them is as a visionary. And that's someone who sees new possibilities and creates the future. And the, a, a visionary now can actually just talk to the AI and co-create. So you use it as a creative tool and you've said it before, the opportunity to create the first draft is always the hardest thing. Why just tell the, the AI to create three first drafts and then I Frankenstein them together or I refine them. Um, and it's always easier. Our brains are tuned to fix stuff and find the flaws, right? But uh, a great visionary who can at least get things rolling, then I would say they can do a week's worth of work in a couple of hours, can then pass that along to a producer who interprets and enhance the vision, and then they add more detail on top of the original and explore some um, options and possibilities. So think about you're great at seeing something and being able to get right down to the reductionist core and simplify as a simplifier, but your your ability to help multipliers be significantly better multipliers and vice versa. You know, this is a yourself, yourself being yeah a willing participant. <laughs> Every time I, and I'll be like, oh my God, Dan, can you see what you can do with this one and this one and this one? And that creates more excitement, more commitment. You know, you get the four C's are, are moving along very quickly. But then the third role is that of an architect. Mm -hmm. That's someone who's stacking the creative visions and connecting them um, together within constraints. And that would mean like, I think of an architect and we're, I'm intimately familiar. We're down here right now working with real architects on our property in Mexico. And they're the ones who know all the rules and like what you can and cannot do. And they also understand how to put together some uh, materials that we would have never thought of. And all, where, what the roles of all the subcontractors are. I mean, including this, uh, you have a construction engineer, you know, you have a contra contractor, but uh, they know, you know, um, it's like a great composer. He knows what it sounds like from the standpoint of each individual musician. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He he understands um, how all the musicians fit together, and and what sounds good. You know what sounds good. Yes. Yep. What looks in your case what what lives well. In other words, mm -hmm. you know, that it'll be fun to live here. It'll it'll right. It'll encourage. It'll encourage um, um, great living experience. Yeah. And, and, working, and working experience. And we forget sometimes that, um, you know, how many, how, how many free days we really need. You know, the distinction between a focus day, a buffer day, and a free day uh, is very much what this creates opportunities, a lot more opportunities for those, a lot more breaks. 
So after the architect, we've got the integrator. And the integrator is connecting the creative visions and making them work with civilizations. And and um, when I say a civilization, that can break, break down all the way down to your business group or your family or whatever. And then finally, the last phase is that of the manager um, who are coordinating the people and the systems together um, once it's up and running, you know, so they're looking at how do we personalize this further? So that that's at least where I've gotten so far out of the rules. But I think you're creating a new uh, business model here. Okay. 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 I mean, uh, there's uh, someone I met, he just started in coach and he, I think I may have mentioned him. He, I met him on the Peter Diamandis longevity trip. Uh, and uh, he joined us in San Francisco and then stayed with us for the four days down to Carlsbad. We ended up in Carlsbad at the bottom, Tim Nelson. And he's a, he's a doctor in the, um, well, you were at, um, you were at Genius uh, uh, for the big conference and he spoke from the stage. Yes. Yeah. And uh but he's got a very, very interesting uh, um, concept, which is called uh, reverse innovation, okay? Oh. And uh, what he, he does, he draws a circle, and there's four parts to the circle. There's the, um, uh, there's the um, uh, researcher, okay, the, the innovator, uh, in this case, and then there's a philanthropist, mm. and then the, you have a single philanthropist who supports the creation of a cure. Okay, hey. okay, and the cure is for one person. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. And then yes. And in this case, the philanthropist is it was his daughter. And he, uh, she has congenital heart disease. And that's a weakness of the pumping function of the heart. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what congenital heart disease is. It's, uh, and it, it has a number of different variations, but one of the biggest ones is just the uh, heart muscles are not strong enough to do the work of the, to get the blood out through the, throughout the entire system. And um, a lot of them um, die before birth, or they die shortly after birth, or they die before they're five, or they can live 30 or 40 years, but sort of impaired and always, you know, on the brink of dying. Mm -hmm. And so Tim uh, um, is a pediatrician. He's, a, uh, you know, he, um, uh, he's been bringing children into the world and you know, young children, and he just talked about the new breakthroughs that they thought were going to be possible with stem cells. Okay. Right. And the, um, and uh, Dr. Yamanaka, who, who basically won the Nobel Prize, we met him in San Francisco, um, Japanese born, but he's been living in San Francisco at the uh, at uh, a clinic there a huge huge research clinic research uh, company and uh, they cut off the ability to use embryos okay because it was i mean if there's a you know um, 
a hot spot in the middle of society is whether fetuses are human beings or not. So the moment you go there and you start using fetus parts for fetus parts for thing, you're into uh, incredibly controversial waters. Okay, and no nobody is indifferent to this. You know, you either believe that it's a human being or you don't believe it's a human being. And um, and uh, when bo- beliefs clash, there's no compromise. <laughs> Let's work out a compromise. There is no compromise. It's oh. binary. You know, it's binary. It's zero or it's one. There is no, there's nothing between zero and one. So anyway, but Dr. Yamanaka said, what if any cell can be used to create a universal cell and then you can take the universal cell and you can turn it into a specialized cell. An example would be this bottle, um, um, this bottle that I have right here, Mike. I'm showing you the bottle. You see the bottle? Okay, yeah. So this is plastic, you know, plastic, plastic and everything else. Well, actually it's made out of oil. The cover is made out of oil, and this is made out of oil. So what Dr. Yamanaka was proposing, that we can take any plastic, and we can take it back to oil, and then we can take the oil and make it into something else. Okay. So if you think of the universal stem cell as oil, and Mm. a lot of people don't realize that energy is one of the lesser uses of oil. Um, uh, Actually, it's everything. Uh, my, uh, you know, the Babs, I won't say my, but Babs uh, Tesla X has about 900 pounds of plastic in it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very uh, intensive plastic, plastic car. And uh, so what he said is, let's just see if we can take a skin cell and we take the skin cell and we can see if we can produce a universal cell. And then we take the universal cell and see if we can turn it into a heart muscle cell. So uh, the the philanthropist who can write checks for almost any size for this, and he said, well, here's a picture of my daughter, and uh, I will give you any amount of money that you need to make progress with this to, to uh, cure my daughter. Okay? And... Um, and so he says, and you'll have a picture on the wall, and every morning I want you to get up and look at the picture. And the reason you're curing a problem for this one person, and I'll give you all the money you need to do that, but we'll have to see progress on a continual basis. So it was $35 million for the first five years, and then they got another um, $75 million over the next six years. Okay, and... He came up with the cure. Yeah. And then it worked. And uh, and now he's at the point where he had to go through FDA approvals for all this. So he got all the animal trials, all the clinical trials. Then he got a one-person trial, and he got the one person. And then he got 10 people, uh, 10 babies, and then he, got, he gets 100. He's in the 100-baby phase right now. And, um, but what he said is that you don't go to the venture capital market until you have the cure. You don't go to the venture capital market to develop the cure. 
you have the cure and then you go to the venture capital market. He says it's reverse innovation. Now, I think that's, I told him, he told me about it, and this is before he spoke on stage, because that wasn't until Sunday. We started on Wednesday. Yes. And I said, you're creating an entire new model for the medical medical industry. And he said, I felt that you're the first person to tell me that. And I said, yeah, the cure is great. I think the cure is great, but it could be any cure. Mm -hmm. But you've created a model where you have to have a philanthropist who will pay for the cure for all the research. And he has a 50-person team that got, be, got paid for. Plus, he had big medical centers, one out of Philadelphia, who, um, who provided all the testing. You know, they, they had the, the researchers who did all the testing. Okay. And now, and then Mayo... And you're familiar with Mayo because you grew up in Mayo, Mayo territory. Uh, they um, they gave him back all of his IP that he had created over 10, 12 years with a royalty agreement for the rest of it, you know, for forever. And so, and now he's got 11 major centers who are willing to pay all the royalties to get their hospitals totally equipped with his cure. So no raising venture capital i mean uh, and then he got all his ip and then i introduced him to keegan keegan caldwell so keegan is going to fine fine tune all of his ip but this is this is billions of dollars this is trillions of dollars uh what he's doing here and it's not just for the cure that he came up with it's the model he came up with does that make sense yeah it does and what um no so let's take him and run him through your process Yes. Okay. So um, I'll create a, um, I'll do a metaphor version um, first because that'll at least see the. I, I'm not. I'm not saying you're going to do it. I'm just saying here in the podcast you run oh. all through. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, I'm not volunteering your services. No. 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 No problem. You've I, got your own pricing model and your own, you know, your own property model. <laughs> And I'm just saying, use that as an example of what could be done because here's the visionary. Yes. Well, here's, here's what I, I see, and it does fold right into the next, uh, big opportunity. So uh, I'll give you a good example, something that happened recently, which is, um, they've basically figured out protein folding and had AI do stuff that humans just can't do. Um, and it would take us probably thousands of years, but they're able to determine something. So, um, again, I see AI as being your willing partner and, um, much like once robotics are in motion and you have basically unlimited labor, um, that'll have a profound effect on every economy in the world. But for now, what we can use some of this tech for, and again, I'll just run through a, a real life example is I see this as being a chance to be augmented. And I don't know if that's the best word. It's, I know it kind of rubs some people the wrong way, but you can genuinely be three to 10 times more effective at anything well, you do. Well, right now, AI has speeded up the, the process of testing in labs by 10,000 times. You know, you can do 10,000 tests in the time it takes to do one manual test. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why there's regenerative medicine is because 
of AI and stem cell therapy. Yep. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, and if you think about it now, again, I'm going to say something that may or may not be true, but I'm going to test it out. Okay. I'll test it out on you. And that is, if you think about how much idle time most people have today, there's a reason for that, right? There's something got a lot more efficient. Everything got a lot more efficient. I can remember it wasn't too long ago. I'd be here in, in a, uh, what would be called a third world, uh, country, whether it would be in Mexico or Africa, <clears throat> 20 years ago, there's no phones, right? And now you see kids walking in ditches with, uh, smartphones. They have them in their pockets and they're, you see a lot more people sitting around doing nothing where before they were slinging sand and doing a lot of labor. Um, so things have gotten considerably more efficient and the quality of life in general has gone up worldwide. Tremendously. Okay. Now I believe that that's going to be multiplied by a lot. Now the potential downfall here is, is I think idle hands do the devil's work and, um, uh, and people, when they're, I do, I think idle minds uh, with uh, cell phones and social media do the devil's marketing. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> and why do we have all these mental health issues that could go yeah. up for grabs? I think we've got idle minds. So with that, um, here was the idea that I, I played around with. So the again the. Just to frame this up, every year I do this annual predictions um, event and I just pick like five or 10 big technology things and talk about what kinds of stuff I see coming down the, the, the pike. And one of them, I was thinking like, what would a business be? And I, I had enough people all at once say, I'll tell you what I'd pay for right now. This is someone saying this to me. I want you to come into my business and show me how I can use AI and show my teams what tools to use, look at my business, figure out what we could be more efficient at and teach them how to use all this stuff that you've got access to and uh, show them what's going to be a good use of time, show them what is. I thought, well, shoot, let's just start with that. So what I did, Dan, is, and this is the demonstration that I'm going to do in a show that I'm using AI to produce everything. So I'll show you some of the graphics and animation, but it'll open up with original music composed by an AI. And uh, let me just play that for you now really fast. I've got a little sample and I played with lots and lots of AI music generators and most of them suck, okay? They're terrible. But this is one that wasn't too bad. And... Um, So, just advance a little bit. All right. Hey, this is Mike Koenigs. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you're an action taker, and ready to transform and reinvent yourself and your business, go to connecttomike.com to learn more and book a conversation with me right now. All right, back to the episode. So that's a little little segment, but it was basically machine composed. Sure, sure. yeah. 
pretty good and it'll work for something like this. And I've got like three or four different tracks so far. Yeah. But the idea then is I came up with a, um, uh, a query and the setup is, and I'll show it on screen here. It says create 100 different business name ideas for an AI company that provides services to business owners that help them create AI strategies, how to use AI in their businesses and train their teams to become three to 10 times more productive with AI tools. And so it generated a whole bunch of names. And I just decided, again, I did this all like within two minutes. So if I spent a little time iterating, I'd be better, but AI accelerate. Yeah, right? I think that's a great name. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then I can say, okay, create a hundred different domain names. All right. And then I go to a tool called MidJourney. And this is what we've been using lately for um, doing a lot of graphics. And I said, create a logo for an AI company named AI Accelerate with the same info. Now, one of the things that MidJourney doesn't put the words, but it creates, you know, a yeah. place. Yeah, it's a placeholder. Yep. So this is one of the designs it came up with. And I just said, hey, run some variations. Here are some more. Yeah. And, um, and put, the them, put them together. Yep. Yeah. And you put, you put them together. Yep. And it's iteration, iterate, iterate with lots of different ideas. Okay. And some of these are, I mean, they're pretty well ready to go. You could literally just pull it off of here. Or what I, I often do is I come up with maybe 10 different ideas, put it in a design doc, and then I'll pass that along to the designer and say, work with this, integrate it with this. And again, what normally would take days can be done now in minutes. Yeah. And then- Here's another thing. I just learned about this, which is create a fintech website design. That's a, uh, a style of design work. And um, it just creates a prototype of a website design. And, it, and all of the images here are all just created on the fly. And this thing's cranking these things out at a pace of, you know, um, at least one a minute. Yeah. Faster. And again, you know, you can just imagine having something like that and then talk to a representative, you know, book a conversation to talk to a representative now. And then um, I could also say, you know, write a, um, a marketing email to a business owner about this service and boom, it'll spit it out. So I'd say inside of Again, a half a day, you could not only invent the business, all the copy, the campaigns, the imagery, and the graphics, and then pull together the guts for a presentation. And that, on an iterative basis, would normally take a, a multi-person team working with the client, you know, at least a few days. Well, I'd take it more than that. Yeah. I mean, you've got it down. You've got it down to, you've got it down to three days. And, uh, but, um, first of all, uh, <laughs> most of the people who'd want to do this would want to do it by the hour. Uh, they would, uh, you know, it's like, um, you know, uh, it's like Keegan, Keegan charges by the patent, <clears throat> you know, and, uh, and his idea is totally safe from any other IP firm, uh, uh actually taking his idea and copying him and the reason is because they get paid by billable hours yeah so why 
why, why would you want to have something like this happen fast? I'll tell you a little story about that. I don't drive. Mm -hmm. I, I can drive, but I don't drive. And I haven't dr driven really for 20 years. And the reason is, is um, 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 I, I, I don't find that it's a useful um, use of my time. So I read, you know, I've got my Kindle with me. But the other thing I do is I check out and uh, I'll see something along the way. And I say, I wonder if there's a faster way of getting there. And I'll get the maps out and I'll see that there's back alleys and there's uh, shortcuts and that, that the drivers, the limousine drivers usually don't know because most of the limousine drivers are picking up at a hotel and taking somebody to the airport or they're taking them to a well-known restaurant or a theater and everything and they're using main routes. And I know where all the shortcuts are, you know, like, uh, so one of the drivers said, you know, you, you know the city better than anyone I know, and you don't drive. And I said, I know the city really well because I don't drive. Yeah. Uh, and I can sit there and I can imagine, I wonder if there's a faster way going here. And, you know, and a lot of it's just, um, I've got a good visual brain, you know, so I can see maps and everything. So they went to the head of the limousine company, and I've been with them for 20 years. I'm their number one client in wow. terms of the number of trips taken every year. And um, even during COVID, I did two thirds of the number of trips that I that that I take, you know, because I like getting out and getting out and about, you know. And I I don't want to drive, I don't want to park, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be in traffic and everything like that. So they talked to him, and Brian, his name's Brian, and they said, "Why don't we have Mister Sullivan come up and talk to where all the shortcuts are?" Yeah, and he said. What benefit would I have of you getting there faster? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the reason is because they're on the clock the moment they get picked up. I mean, there's a trip cost, but if it takes longer, then there's an extra fee for it, which I don't care. And um, But the, the interesting thing about it, so much of the world is still paid by the hour. And all law firms are... Your part partners are based on billable hours, you know. Um, it doesn't matter what, what it is. And uh, Keegan, who didn't go to law school, you know, he took the bar exam and he, he got the bar exam. He says, well, why don't we uh, just, at the longest, 18 months to get a patent, but 90% uh, we'd like to have in a year and some of them we can get in six months. And it costs you this much for this stage. It costs you much this much for this stage. And if you want the government to give you the, um, you know, the express lane, you add twenty percent more to what you pay the government, and they'll make sure that you go through the express lane. You know. And so my sense is that um, uh, uh, it's not idle people. It's not people. It's busy people. It's, it's people who don't have idle time that want this, not people who have idle time. Yeah. Yes. And you're, you're not an idle person. I'm not an idle person. Right. Right. And I think that's, um, um, man, I got, so here's, here's a, an idea. This is a question that I ask everyone I ever work with. And the basic premise is I try to explain 
um, the value of what we call a category of one brand. Yeah. And so I, I ask them a question and I say, and I'll just ask you the question because I'm curious what, how you'll answer. Do you know the fastest, easiest, and best way to make a billion dollars without first starting with two or 10, inheriting it, or winning it, or stealing it? Um, what would your response to that be, Dan? Start with 10 billion. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, that, that's not a lot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Ethically, moral. Yeah, okay. Uh, productive, productively. <laughs> well, just have a billion customers, you know, or something. Have something that a billion people would want. Okay. And here's what I, t here's, I get that a lot. And I'll tell you why I don't agree at all. Because I'll, I'll say, first of all, most people haven't really figured out how to deliver anything to 10, much less 100, much less 1,000 or 10,000 people. It's really hard. Like how many total paying customers does Coach have right now, for example? 20, 2,500. Yeah. That's I mean, lot. just, uh, just uh, at the entrepreneurial level, then we have the team level and yeah. you know other, other things. Yeah. But that's a, that's a lot of customers. And so my response after I go through that and I just say, um, you know, a billion or a million or 10,000 or a thousand is hard and it requires. Well, the, the other thing is the complexity that a, a billion customers, that's incredibly complex. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the problem. That's the problem that um, uh, Facebook has. They have a billion customers. Because. It's okay if you got a billion happy customers, but it's not okay if you have a billion really pissed off customers. Right. Yeah. So, so here's what I tell them. I say, my advice would be to help a billionaire make $10 billion and get paid a billion in exchange for that service. And there is a chance, first of all, that a billionaire will value great advice and leverage and multiples. And sometimes a small thing like access to an opportunity or a new way of thinking with someone who has the resources of a billionaire, they can actually execute on it. Where if you're, you can't help the broken, broken become millionaires or billionaires. It just ain't going to happen because no. they think wrong and they've been practicing wrong thinking. Well, not, yeah, that, first of all, they haven't had the experience of a billion dollars. Right. Yeah. All of Start with someone who has the experience of uh, uh, that already has the experience. Uh, for, first of all, somebody who has a uh, billion dollars that they're not quite sure what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, that's even better. Yeah, that's very extremely cash confident. Uh, billion. Yeah, yeah. No, you know that they have a billion dollars, and uh, the, you know, I always say. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting that um, always make sure that the meaning in your life is equal to the money in your life. Because if the money gets bigger than the meaning, you are, it's worse than not having the money. Because mm -hmm. nobody will feel sorry for you when your life falls apart. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that the truth? So yeah. here's yeah. the second part of that, that conversation, which is, this is why I say, a category of one brand. I, it's an upside down pyramid, which is your goal should be the only one in the world who does what you do 
and the best in the world at what you do. You will be rewarded handsomely. And that mindset gets you thinking down the the road of value-based pricing, which is what you were talking about with Keegan, for example, is um, screw this selling time. There's there's no real smart growth there. You know, you think about the big big accounting firms, they're idiotic. And I'll tell you why they're idiotic, because they basically, they make their money by overpriced selling time to a bunch of punks who just got out of college, who once they gain enough experience to be really valuable, they get the hell out of the do- out of Dodge. Otherwise, they're stuck. Well, that's boilerplate. They get paid for boilerplate. Right. Well, you've just shown me that boilerplate is now something that takes an AI program a minute, you know, takes a minute, Tim. Right. And that's, and that's the, um, what I would say, and I just saw this, I can't find the link at the moment, but I'll track it down. There is a company that's incorporated AI. It basically has read every legal document that's out there, all the textbooks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which by the way, I don't know if you heard recently, but ChatGPT actually passed the bar. So it can pass the bar now. And um, that means that the days of billable legal for attorneys is changing. Yeah. Changing. There we go. No. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Um, Copy paste. You know, the one thing that uh, you got, uh, you really, from my perspective, you have to avoid mm-hmm. is um, um, so much of this, and I see it, I see it at, uh, genius, not a genius, but I see it at, uh, abundance 360 and I see it thing. this is going to disrupt the whole thing. And I said, there's no productivity and profitability and disruption. There's no mm-hmm. prosperity and disruption. Mm-hmm. Okay. All you're creating is disruption. Uh, okay. What you have to do is that you have to transform things to a higher value proposition. You have to transform to a higher value prospect where there's actually more opportunity for everybody, providing they adjust their minds to the new capability. Yeah. Yeah. So my my sense is, well, I don't know what the law firms are going to do with this, but I guess they're spending extra hours and weekends thinking about it, okay, because... uh, the world just changed with this new tool. And it's actually the people who really are the most productive who are going to use it. It's not the people who are not productive who are going to use it. Right. You know, the, yeah. uh, the fart joke people are just going to waste more, more of their time doing fart jokes faster. Yeah. That's ex- yeah. It's it's the low volume uh, production is going to increase. There's no doubt about it. No, there's going to be a multiplication of useless activity. Yes, and and where I and, and again, I'm glad you you stopped me before I said what I was about to say. But here's the way I would frame it, which is, um, when wheels replaced dragging sticks around on the ground. I'm sure there was a rebellion about that from the stick gatherers. And the same is true with the people who had their horses in the streets, but no one was sad when the streets weren't filled with horse poop anymore and you had to have horse poop uh, picker-uppers. Just like when we went from typewriters to word processors or being able to distribute and send email. um, And and they put all the wires underground. Right, right. Yeah, or put them in tubes. You know, they put them in... uh, 
your first motion is we've got to protect ourselves by legislating our way out of this and leg- no one can legislate their way to prosperity um, or create bureaucracies. And, and uh, when we talk about disruption, it's what, what is slippery and easy and getting back to the legal side, there's some stuff that's just better off using a, a fast tool and then if your focus changes to what are new innovative ways, again, that's why I started the, the program with what are the roles I see. And I think productive visionaries are going to be. Well, I, I think you, you've got the basis for a whole new, um, you know, uh, you're expanding the EOS model to include some other roles that are part of the. Uh, creative, t- you know, you got a creative team that includes a visionary, an architect. Uh, you need an integrator, and you need a manager. Uh-huh. Okay, and you, you know, it, it can't, you know. And I think that with AI, you can uh, enhance all those roles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I think you're on, uh, onto something. But you just start with people who are productive, who have new ideas. You know. And, no. Yeah. I mean, you'll start at pricing. Uh, there's a pricing model. You got to start with the pricing model. And then what is the property that you're creating here? Well, you've already created a domain property called AI Accelerate, you know, and uh, so you already have that. So that's part of your property that you've created already. And now you have to create a proof of one of just take somebody and run them through, you know, run them through. And uh, somebody will write you. Um, you know, I mean, what's the fee for the three-day thing average? If you took all the average of all the three-day things you had done, what would be the average that they're writing out of pocket up front? Yeah, so um, our new pricing for the year is 150000 Yeah, and then- that's, up for, that's up front. Yep, it's up yeah. front. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've got your pricing baseline. And now you're saying, well, I'm looking for, um, you know, let's take it up a hundred thousand. Somebody will do it for two hundred fifty thousand. That's right. Um, yep. I mean, and that is what we do for people who continue on an annual basis with us because we basically do those quarterly, and then we do monthlies where um, I always say. We're going to show up. I'm going to solve a problem and uh, at, a, at a minimum, double your money in 60 days. My goal is always uh, um, for, you know, if it's more of a startup, like where we're creating a business within a business or a, a personal brand-based business, my goal is a million dollars in 100 days and an ROI in 60. Um, and we had our best to date was 35 million in two weeks. And the yeah. run rate of 100 million in 12 months right now. So that is getting back to this notion of working with billionaires or with people with billionaires. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because um, you're in the you're you're in the learning stage right now. You know, I mean, uh, if you if you got 150, you know, you know, 80 percent of what will get you 250. If you get 250, you'll know 80 percent of what gets you to 500. Well. You know, that's why I always say, you know, the people, the singularity model where don't talk about anything unless you're going to have a million customer, a billion customers. 
I said, a billion would be neat, but does it even work with one person? I said, let's start with one person. And that's the Tim Nelson model. He cured one person. And then the FDA says, okay, we'll give you the right to cure 10 people. You got 10. Now they give you the right to do 100. And if you do 100, then you're clear and free. You know, you got the stamp of approval. And um, so my my sense is that people um, put too much pressure on the project by making those type of demands, you know, that it's, first of all, you miss a lot of the learning. You you could create something for a billion people, but you didn't get any learning. And so it's a waste of all the effort and all the time and all the money uh, that you put into it because you didn't even check it out with one person. Yes. And the cost of resentment to a brand or an individual or your personal reputation is very high. Again, going back, you used Facebook, but they're a perfect example. Well, Apple is too. Apple's valuation just went down by a trillion yeah. uh, since last quarter. They went down by a trillion. You know why? Because they, they stayed in China too long. Yep. Yeah. They stayed in China. And there's two things about that. One is that China is uh, not going to be able to fulfill their supply, uh, you know, the supply chain lines. And they're going to have, it's going to take them about three or four years now to reconfigure their supply chains. So um, save, save those version 14s because I'll tell you, they're going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be antiques. You know, by the time you get to 15, they, these 14s are going to be really something. Isn't that tough? Uh, yeah, they've definitely got some issues. They've got a. No, no, because they, they made a wrong bet. Because the future is all guesses and bets. Yeah. But you know what the future is? It's guessing and betting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they bet, they guessed that China was the answer and they were going to bet everything on China. And uh, and China doesn't make any of this stuff that goes into the iPhone. Mm-hmm. They assemble it. Have you yeah. read, uh, have you had a crack at yet at the, um, oh, yeah. the end of the world is just beginning? I- I read it twice. So, yeah, um, the thing that I found most interesting that the quartz for the highest microchips in the world comes from one place. Yep. It's a little town in North Carolina and all yep. the all the top level top level that. quartz comes from and they make uh, I think it's 10,000 pounds of quartz a year and that supplies all the mm-hmm. uh, the high level but um Okay, so let's uh, let's step back from this. Um, you know, I got the impact of what you're doing. I've got I, I see the whole impact of it, and you're creating a. Um, first of all, you're creating a new form of consultancy, okay, uh, which you're pioneering, which you're which you're pioneering, and uh, and uh, you pioneered by actually using the new capability to create your model. Yep. Okay. Okay. So you're ahead of the game. And um, um, and it's just the next growth step. Yeah. Well, I think the what I found is um, right now I've tested it out. We've been paid for it. We've used it ourselves. And the... One of the other things that I found is there's an enormous amount of excitement um, associated with it. 
Um, and I, that's valuable as well. And I know the story is intriguing and the, the real thing is we've got to, you know, build Oh, and I also talked to a couple people who are extremely knowledgeable about all the, all the AI and chatbots and stuff like that. And they haven't figured out how to monetize what they're doing right now. You know, they're not thinking about high value implementation. And um, I think I'll have some, basically some of the smartest people who will support this. Um, and they want to be involved because they they like it. Not yeah. because, not driven by the money side. Is why well, I like it. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, I mean, I like it because my whole thing is uh, the teamwork side. You know, what, you know, my my entire thing is I start with the humans mm-hmm. and I say, how does this enhance the uh, teamwork? I use the word teamwork for back, uh, for inside your company and I use the word collaboration for outside your company. But it's yeah. the same principle of putting unique abilities together to create... Um, a new th- I think it's uh, terrific, and uh, if you can uh, sum this up in seven minutes, you got yourself a panel position in, uh, at the summit, because uh, uh, it's going to be five people who talk for seven minutes each, but mm-hmm. they all have to talk, and here, and I'll show you, I, I had just done the fast filter. Oh, yes. Uh, I did the fast filter, uh, I just started off with Leah. Leor, because he was the first one who I asked, and he said yes. And I'll just send you the fast filter uh, for. Oh, great! Uh, hold on a second, and I'll, I'll display it. You want me to yeah. put it up? Just uh, I have to go back here, and uh, so it'll be addressed to him. Uh, the start of it will be addressed to him. So, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, and I'm just going to print it out as a PDF. Okay. Text Amundo it over or email it yeah. over. Yeah, hold on a second. I'll send it to Gord. Uh, sure thing. My, my Gordito. We're having Gorditos down here. Excellent. Oh, they're very delicious. How do you how do you earn a billion dollars, Mike? Start with forty five and buy Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I it's easy to second guess him, but I think he's got a different game plan than most people think he has. Yes, and I think that he's up to something completely different than what most people think he's up up to. And uh, he's the guy who reduced the cost of space launches by ninety percent. Uh-huh. And so uh I don't think he's a fool. Yep. So here's what um so first of all, I'd say never second guess him because no one else has been uh get gone further and faster with space, which I would argue is one of the hardest things ever to break into and to do it privately and well the first sixty miles are the tough part. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And then you got the two hundred, right? Um, but then you've got a 190 or whatever it is, but then you've got, you know, look at what happened with cars and people, he's getting crapped on right now about the car thing, but 
Uh, yeah, but he he pumped out four hundred thousand of them during the last quarter, and nobody else is doing that. Right. So, yeah, you know, and yeah. so yeah. you know, uh, you know, I just uh, um, just find uh, people who think they know, uh, ooh, you know, no nobody's traveled the ground. All his critics, none of them have created anything. And you've also got. Um I've told you about this podcast I listen to. It's called All In. It's a bunch of big shots from Silicon Valley. And they had him, had Elon on, on the episode. And they were asking him, and they were asking him hard questions about what was going on. He says, well, you know what? We got rid of a lot of dead weight. He didn't say it quite like that, but that's essentially it. We got rid of all the unproductive people who didn't want to be there. Or they weren't there for the right reasons. Well, yeah, they weren't there for the right reasons. They were there for other reasons than. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And 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 I think you could definitely make a you know statement that they were there doing evil things. And the second thing that happened is he said we've produced and and created more new features and updates in I don't know what ninety days or a hundred days than with than Twitter had in three years. Yeah. And and he said one word that I think is the most important word if you want to be a great innovator, and that is iteration. Yeah. And the sooner you iterate and the more frequently you iterate, the better for your business. Okay. And Facebook did that for a long time until they didn't. And uh, why is that turned into such a crap ball platform? There's a whole bunch of reasons, but that's one of them. And uh, and that that's the bureaucrats take over and the and the system. You know the fear mongering takes place, and also just the wrong people in power. Um, and then the other thing that I would say, Elon is not afraid to blow up spaceships to figure stuff out. Yeah. And he's like, a lot of them are going to blow up, a lot of them are going to fail. But you know what? He's not sitting around with a bunch of um, bean counters and eggheads controlling him. It's so, like you learn a lot by blowing stuff up, yeah. and. And also, he's not afraid to look like a jackass or a fool. No, no, I think he's got uh, he's got a whole different. I mean, he talked to Ken Dorsey for a whole number of years, you know, about what what worked and what didn't work about it, and um, you know, and I think a lot of the uh, his inside information of where to look for the incriminating files that Dorsey knew where they all were. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff happened without his knowledge and approval. So, you know, yep. the the uh, inmates had taken over the asylum, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know they were making all sorts of decisions for the good of the world and for the, you know, the good of democracy and everything like that. And uh, that's not what the platform's for. You know, the platform's for, um, you know, and it attracted, um, you know, attracted uh, a lot of wankers. Yep. Yep, too many wankers in the pool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say wokey, wokey wankers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a big sticky pool. Uh, have the uh, um, okay, guide us through this, Dan. Yeah, so um, you know, um, one of our uh, event, uh, goals. First of all, there's been a lot of um, buzz on the uh, website, on the um, Free Zone website. 
about people using chat and everything. And so Bab said, uh, why don't we have a session? And mm -hmm. so I, um, you know, I asked Lior about it and, um, he said, he'd be happy. He says he's already using it for specific purposes. And then, um, he was with Lee and Lee said, why well, I, I am too. So I included Lee. And then I thought of you because we had talked about it. And then we have this guy, Evan Ryan. And then there's another person uh, whose name escapes me right now. So I'm just putting out the uh, free zone that we're going to have a panel discussion. And um, I think seven minutes would be good because you're just going to give uh, why, why it's new from your perspective, why it's different and better than other things that exist, how that changes your particular future, um, uh, what kind of entrepreneurial transformation have you already seen? And what, what do you see as changes in the marketplace in the world as a result of this new capability? Okay. Love it. And the worst result is you don't take into account that your immediate understanding and use of Chad G GPT is years ahead of free zone audience. Okay. So you talk over their heads, um, use tech language that are beyond their experience. This immediately puts many of them in the gap as a result of which they tune you out and uh, we get negative feedback and, and it turns into a shit show. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the whole thing. And, uh, what you want to do is be a great coach here, a creative collaborator, or also a lucky learner who is rewarded with sudden resources because of conversation. So the way I see this is that we do, um, uh, quick panel, uh, seven people up and we just have bang, 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 five people up seven minutes each. And then we have people do little brainstorming of what they picked up. That's important. And then they take the triple play and they write down the three arrows, uh, three arrows, and then they connect the three boxes and then they go in and they do, um, uh, a breakout group with two or three other people. Is it, right. uh, uh, three other, and then they come out and then you have quick Q and a, so we'll have Q and a, and people can say what they got out of it and everything like that. And then we got ourselves about a two hours total, you know, with a break, probably a break in between and everything. And, but it just gives people a taste. But if you, if you, uh, package your, your thoughts about it within this framework and all, and everybody's going to get this to look forward to. So, you know, everybody has the uh, uh, fast filter so they can see what each of you received. And then you talked about it because this gives them a chance to frame their own thoughts within the same structure. And that way it doesn't get out of hand and it doesn't get into arguments and we don't get into theoretical stuff at all. It's all very, very practical. Yeah. I'll do, ba I'll basically go down and actually deconstruct a full project, you know, um, and I'll show the queries because I think the this is learning a new language. Oh, yeah. No, no, this is, uh, this is Gutenberg trying to explain to bishops why this might spread the gospel, you know, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, 
You know, most of uh, the two ways that uh, printing was used in the first hand, it was religious, uh, religious tracts. And um, one of the big things they created, the, uh, they created the pamphlet. And yep. it, so the pamphlet was a big spreadsheet that you could fold into fours and therefore mm -hmm. you had 16 pages. And without that innovation, uh, the Protestant Revolution Protestant Reformation wouldn't have happened, is that you printed on two sides. Uh, you could print on one side and then the other side, and then you folded into, you know, it came to look like this, and then you just went through and people read the, read the pamphlet. And it wasn't bound or anything. It wasn't stapled or anything. It was just folded. And, you, and uh, you know, the, all the work was in setting up the type and then you printed off the type. So that was it. And the other thing was um, economic uh, regulations, uh, pricing structures, um, uh, uh, you know, regulations. So it went strictly into uh, the business community or it went into the religious community, okay? And one of the offers, and we talked about this, I think, uh, way early in our podcast series, that the biggest reason why Protestantism spread like mad uh, was that they got rid of the holy days. Ah. Uh. Because the holy days were time off at the business owner's expense, and they didn't have the workers, but they had to pay for the festivities on the holy days. Mm -hmm. And say, let me, let me get this right. Uh, you're going to give me back a hundred work days a year and, uh, give me back all the money that I have to pay for all the festivities around all It was a better deal to be able to. That's not a convincing argument. That's a compelling offer. Oh man. Yeah. Price of membership got too high. That black. Whoa. 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 This is good. You know, and this is, this is, <laughs> this is a good deal. Yeah. I never heard that before. I didn't know that was the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it, it went it went where people actually worked. Yep. It was while uh, Germany, Northern Europe, Holland, yeah, people actually worked. So it was basically the Catholics said, "You are spreading smut." You're spreading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Protestants and their smut. Okay. You're you're threatening people's souls. Those holy. Those holy days are crucial for their souls, you know. Number eight. Yeah. Always follow, always follow the money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, you, it can say, you can give any cause in your world, but there's one... Uh, money is behind every cause you can give me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the 20 uh, oligarchs who just um, died... Uh, mysteriously over the last 20 years you know you know why they died because these um putin can seize all their all their possessions yeah and he splits it with the fsb the fsb is the new name of the kgb yeah uh -huh. that's where he came from and a lot of them you know the oligarchs were old kgb guys who got above themselves you know they yeah yeah they started having opinions on the war don't have an opinion on the work. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. Just take yeah. your half, shut up. Uh, yeah, so uh, 
where have you come with this conversation? You know, what, what, uh, what has, but the big thing is transformation, 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 no disruption. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, um, well, I like to paint it, paint the, the picture in, we will create a positive moving future. Here's, um, massive transformations, places, um, you know, I, I, if we go back to our, our previous episode and uh, look at like capitalism as an example, and how does this help all of those? So um, you had pricing, property, productivity, profitability, and prosperity. So first of all, I would argue that using these tools, using these resources, enable you to create uh, move towards value pricing versus hourly competitive pricing models. Those suck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next one is this can give you the ability to create more property, more valuable property and property that works for you, which leads us to productivity. Um, there's no question that if, if all you do is use this, like if you are uh, doing bookkeeping, accounting, or anything with Excel, these, these these things will create your Excel spreadsheets a lot better, a lot more efficient for you in moments. Your ability to iterate and get to your first draft, no matter what it is, create more clear and shorter content, um, summaries and reviews. It gets rid of or simplifies those. So every I can't imagine anything that isn't going to be more productive with it. Profitable. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, it's a great way to get rid of dead weight. 20 different kinds of emails. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, um, and we're using it right now to rewrite. I have a rewrite marketing content all the time. Oh, yeah. Shorter and better. So, um, and, and it's, so it's making my teams more productive and therefore more profitable. Yeah. And where I had too much, too many people, too much overlap. It's giving it an opportunity to do something more effective or self-select out. Yeah. Um, in terms of prosperity, I know that my team sees this as a way to um, produce more value. And um, uh, they've been itching for more opportunities to sell more stuff. So I think adding on. We'll initially start by adding on an extra day where we're just going to be like, hey, we're going to show you how to use tools. Yeah. We'll probably branch out and turn turn that into a uh, another or a separate business. A standalone. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think, and I and I already have talent to like <laughs> raise their hands and say, I want to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Coach people would be very, very, in, I mean, um, yeah, um, yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think that, um, um yeah, I think it would be, <clears throat> you know, we'd send coach people to to you and say, sign up, go to San Diego and yeah, and do it. Yep, yeah, it's it's a no brainer, and it's something that we can do in a group environment. Yeah, uh, where you can do it on Zoom, you can do it on Zoom. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and <clears throat> it'll be. I think we have to onboard. So I'm gonna what I'm gonna think about between now and the next time we talk, or when I'm there. I'm um, doing the presentation is what kind of data information we want to gather up front to spot the wounds and the pains and also spot the most valuable things that could be 10 times better yeah. that just um, on an individual and a business basis. Can, can I uh, ask a question here? Because it came up in our 
uh, Gordon and I had the conversation yesterday, um, and we're just about uh, wrapping up this one. Um, but while we're wrapping up, but uh, uh, I would like to have a uh, knowledge base uh, that w w for something like Chat GPT that was just strategic coach knowledge, just just the massive amount of stuff that I've created over the 33 years. And I would just like to have my own separate, discrete knowledge base. Yeah, I, I have a tool for you. And I, I, I don't want somebody else to have access to this. Yes. So here's there is a platform. I'll find it for you. It's something like personality, but it's not that. And it allows you to feed it all of your stuff. Yeah, I will... I, I'd actually like to have a conversation with Dan. Yes. So you can do it both as a purely private or a public one. And, and I want to do it. Pri I want it private. I want it completely separate and um, not accessible t to anyone else. Yeah. <clears throat> I will track it down for you and find it. But I have, I actually ran into it and I was like, oh, 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 oh. yeah. You see, somebody, Peter, uh, Peter Diamandis invited us to two guys. And they say, we take your entire knowledge base and then make it available to you. And I said, uh, and I'm just running it through my mind here, uh, whose property is it? Huh. When I do that, is that your property or is that my property? And they were very, um, um, they got suddenly vague around that topic. Oh, yeah, right. And I, and I said, well, yeah. I said your vagueness was very, very clear. <laughs> yeah. And um, someone, and, you know, and uh, uh, back in the old days, a um, uh, whole bunch of people, uh, including he whose name shall not be mentioned, that was uh -huh. the uh, object of a lawsuit, they were going to create a mastermind group where you put in all your knowledge into the mastermind group platform, and then they would show you how to use your material. But meanwhile, they got all your stuff. Yep. And I said, uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, they, they let me use my stuff for a fee to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a horrible idea. And that is a risk. Okay. So just to, to, to get you aware of this is here's what's happening anyway. Um, and this is a big source of pain, as you know, is um, whether it's mid-journey with images and some of these other tools, they are basically scraping the web. Mm -hmm. stuff and putting it all in a place and applying all their algorithms and um, there is no attribution. There is no getting paid. There are no royalties and you can't tell what the origin source of this stuff is. So what someone theoretically could do is say, oh, well, um, I'm going to just load up and create my own Dan, and I'm going to put in all his books and recordings of you out there and notes and messages and email and everything else and make their own, or it's going to be made anyway. You know, that is 
just an ongoing risk of ownership, just yeah. as doing artificial actors um, and the the amount of work that's being done in that space is yeah yeah well yeah and and I know for some of these technology models they'll um, even if they don't use it directly it's sort of like using anonymous data right yeah yeah uh, it's aggregating all this stuff so it can make better models and everyone benefits from that it's no different than you know we we've got really good software now really good web because we all gave up our rights even on an aggregate basis so the shit could spy on us and make everything that they're doing better yeah uh, yeah well, uh, that's their business model. My business model is keeping uh, yeah. the hold on, you know, what I do. And, you know, we, we've muscled up on IP protection and we've muscled up and, um, you know, and, but the whole thing is that, um, it's easy to steal things now because things are on the web, but it's also easy to detect crime, uh, easy to detect crime today because it's all on the web. I mean, we have a 24 uh, seven service out of London uh, that uh, just does 24 seven scrutiny, any use of our terms, any use of, you know, even favorite lines and everything like that. And, um, uh, you know, you go after them. And we had a guy out of Chile who said, uh, uh, can we license what you're doing and translate it into Spanish? in Chile. And I said, no, that'd be a no. And, uh, and he said, well, he said, it's going to be done anyway. If you, whether you say yes or no, it's going to be done. Uh, uh, well, it isn't going to do anything. It sounds to me like you're going to do something, you know, I find it never does anything. <laughs> it's always a person who does it, you know, <laughs> and, so I said, "Well, you just went on our uh, you just went on our watch list." Yep. I said, "So we're um, we're going to be watching anything. We know what all the words mean. You know, we know what all the words mean, and it's easy in Spanish to find out about it. You know, but it's something that uh, you know, it's a way of the world. You know, yeah. it's flies and mosquitoes. You might, you got to have screens. You know, you gotta you gotta have you have." Bug, bug killers. You, you know, you have to have all this. Um, yeah. Uh, no. That, anyway, uh, anyway, this is fascinating. This is very, very, um, very fascinating. But I think you're really onto something, Mike. But I think your the safety is the one at a time development. Yeah. I think I think that's your safety. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, that pays for itself right up front? In other words, it's profitable from. Um, Every engagement is profitable right from the beginning. Right. And and that that mindset, I don't know where I, I got it from, Dan, other than I, you know, I always credit you for seeding me with the idea of asking the questions that arrived at, at the business model I'm currently using. But um ever since I I've been able to feed people the that little nugget of you know someone will say i need i i need to feel as though i've affected fifty thousand people to feel good about myself is part of what they say or you know whether it's tied to money or tied to their own self-worth and i'm like first of all i don't think you've helped yourself yet so you haven't even done it for one but then 
You got to do it for one and get. I paid. mean, you're not making one person happy. <laughs> what are your chances with fifty thousand? You know, but but it is. It, yeah, it, I'll tell you, I can't tell you how many people have a big light bulb mo- moment, and months later they say that was one of the most important. Oh yeah, anyone's ever had with me. Um, because they they've never realized that they've been listening to Tony Robbins too long and talking about affecting a billion people. You know, it's like I'm <laughs> you and your billion. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Tony, and that mindset is well. First of all, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> you haven't made your bed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Jordan Peterson. You know. 12 rules for males. Yeah. 12 rules. First thing is make your bed in the morning. <laughs> and when you walk out, make sure your shoulders are thrown back. You know, you're standing up straight. And uh, uh, and when you go over to your friend's house, be the sort of person that their parents want to have back. You know, <laughs> you know I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's so interesting. We don't even, the problem is, uh, you know, none of us really has more than 150 people that we're really interacting with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dun- Dunbar. Dun- Dunbar's law. Dunbar's law. You know, and uh, uh, and I, I, uh, we talk about the world, but the world. Uh, I mean, what's the world? I mean, who's, you know, does the world have a telephone number? You know, is there, is the world is the, is there a street address for the world? You know, I mean. I only know people who have street addresses. I only know people who have cell phones. You know, they have email numbers, everything like that. You know, and, you know, and I, you know, I can deal with, actively with maybe about twenty of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we go crazy with these exponentials. We, our brain doesn't know exponentials. Yeah, and it's what's the point of a lack of intimacy because that's the other thing that happens and um you know who they are you've you've known plenty of famous people just as i have and the more famous you are the less intimacy you typically have yeah. uh, and there's a massive price to be paid and um i i say this all the time it's one of my um guiding principles is simpler and fewer does not mean less well this is what it's uh this was super this was super this is uh, I think we both, uh, you know, in the two podcasts we had today, I gave a new framework for capitalism, and you gave me uh, a new framework for work capitalism, where where pricing and property and productivity and profitability and prosperity are going next uh, through technological enhancement. This is so. Um it's profound for those who take t- to take the next step, and it'll be very painful for those who don't um, use it the way, you know, it is a, an amazing tool that can be so transformative. I'm, I'm very, very excited. Well, you so. can't be late for it. That is true. You can't be late for it. I tell people, that, you know, with the IP, we got the IP program coming up in March, and I said, look, the fact that you even know about what Keegan is offering here, you're five to ten years ahead of the game. I said, so don't, don't, uh, you're not, you're not going to mess the train on this, okay? 
But have it have it as a consideration now as you plan the next year. You know, uh, you know, make progress every year, get more comfortable every year. And, yeah. uh, if people freak themselves out, you know, stop freaking yourself out. Yeah, 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 that's pointless. You're you're absolutely right. That and that is the thing is is um I remember the first time I got exposed to and I started playing around with crypto, there's a hump to get past. And um I started trading with it and automating. Now, we know at the moment it's in another big dip, which it's this is like it just it, these are cycles, normal cycles, 4 years down, a couple years up, or is it t- I don't know, 4 years up, 2 years down. It's just like this the market um, I see the same kind of thing happening. There's going to be a resistance hump everyone will have until you dip your toe and you're like, wow, this isn't, it's no different than using Google. Nope. You know? Um, and every hour that you invest in it pays dividends. Yep. And, um, and part of my goal is, is like, um, I've told people this has been a great hook that's worked for a lot of people. It's, I promise you, no homework, which appeals to the quick starts in all of us. I never assign homework. We're going to do it together, and you're going to see how it's done. You're going to see the results, and you'll be able to use it right away. And if all you do is use the result, you're getting value. And then if you come back a little bit prepared and use some of what we learned together, you're going to get a 10x on that. And so um, I'll keep the bumpers up and prevent you from falling into the gutter. And uh, we're going to make sure we hit a strike every time. So, um, and I think that's the, that's the real. Oh, right. Not a strike. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, right. Don't want any, don't want any strikes. <laughs>